This morning I will skip the series we are doing we were doing. The series on understanding the time and season. I will skip it and um, we do just something that I've you know the Lord laid on my heart. And I've spoken this before. Uh, the title is um, Do Not Harden Your Hearts. Father Lord, I thank you this morning. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for your mercy upon us. Thank you for the provisions. Thank you most especially for who you are. We lift your name high above every other name, for you are worthy. Our Lord and our God, this morning, we pray that your spirit be in our midst. May, may it move mindly in our midst. Touch each and every, every heart here. Open our spiritual eyes and ears. Blessed be your name. Amen. Do not harden your hearts. It's a very simple message that I have thought before. But um, as I was preparing this week, just last night, for the topic and the series that I was doing, Somehow, I was led to go back to this. And, um, and I would say, coming here this morning before, the throne of, before his throne of grace, to fellowship with one another, it is a great testimony of love and faithfulness. And our hope and prayers will always remain that we will not fall victim of this dangerous time, but will triumph over it all. So let us rejoice and give thanks to God for the opportunity he gave us today to praise and worship him in the beauty of his holiness. The, the text today is taken from the book of Hebrew, Hebrew chapter 3, and I will read from 7 to 19. Hebrew chapter 3, 7 to 19. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart, as in the rebellion, in the days of trials in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my work forty years. Therefore I was angry with that generation, and said, they always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways, 
So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebel? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they will not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So many people are going through traumatic period. Some are in hospitals with terminal health issues. Others are suffering in prisons for crimes they did not even commit. Some have found themselves in the valley of life. Many have lost, lost hope. Many have lost their lives. But like I said this morning, we are here today not because of our righteousness, not because of what we have done right, not because of who we are, not even because of what we have. It's nothing. It is not because we are sinless, for we are sinners, and we have sinned all around. There is nothing pure, there is nothing righteous in us. We are here today, hell and hearty, alive and in the land of the living, simply because of the grace of God, nothing else. We did not in any way contribute to that. But sometimes we take all these things for granted. If you can go with me to the book of Titus.
Titus chapter 3, and I will read 4, 6. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by work of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus our Savior. Our prayers must remain that we will live to glorify God by testifying his faithfulness and telling the story of how we overcome through the redemption work on the cross of Calvary. In other words, Christ has already done it all. He saved us, he lifted us even from the pit of death and place us even before God the Father. History, they said, is to be very important in that it teaches us things of the past. And mistakes can be avoided and corrected if we learn from it. I can't recall a period in recent history more perilous than the world we are living today. We have witnessed a period of global pandemic and we are at the verge of another world war, whether we like it or not, it's looming. A period of global uncertainty, things are very hard. We are being squeezed on all rounds, every side. To some of us that frequent shops and stores, we can testify that the price of things are no longer what it used to be. Things that are very cheap before are now very, very costly. The amount you use to shop for the whole family for one month. In nowadays, you can use it just for a week or even less. Things are very hard. We are, like I said, we are being squeezed in every corner and we are facing the most trial and challenging period capable of causing even the elect to fall out of faith. Thank you. Yet by his grace, our eyes have seen the mighty hand of God in action over our lives and our families. There is no doubt about it. We are healthy today just because of God, his grace. Those that are in the hospitals, we are not better than them. Those that are passing through much more difficulties, we are not better than them. It's just the grace of God. Yet by his grace, our eyes have seen 
the mighty hand of God in action of our lives and family, over the church and our communities. Sometimes there was a time I was, um, I, had this, I had a passenger and it was around midnight. That was, um, if you are coming from uh, step aside, going to, going to Dundrum, the, 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 the bridge. So as I was driving, I saw this commotion, a taxi driver, you know, trying to hold somebody at the, at the, you know, the, see the barrier. So they were struggling. So everybody now, start, cars begin to start, stop and, you know, just to help because we don't know what was happening. So, but I couldn't stop because the lady that was, I was, I, I was with to drop, she didn't want to stop at all. So I drove, but, but by the time I was coming back, there was police, there was ambulance, everywhere was like full. So I'm getting there. It happened that this young man, according to the taxi driver, that he was arguing with the, whether the girlfriend or the wife. So, and the, and the wife said, I don't love you anymore. So he asked the taxi driver to stop. So the taxi driver stopped. This man decided to jump, just to jump. And the, if you see the height, you know what I mean? A, a whole bridge. He wanted to jump from there. So this guy realized and, you know, tried to hold him. But when I, when I heard the story and I was watching it, and in the car was two beautiful children, a boy and a girl. That's when it really crowded on me. I felt, what, what will happen? What, why would this man be so hopeless that he wanted to kill himself simply because the wife said, I don't love you anymore? But looking at these children, what story would he tell them? Or the reason why he wanted to take his life? Why I'm saying this is we are so hopeless nowadays that we do things that are so, I don't know how to put it, but we do things that, you know, we cannot understand it. Because the reason being that we don't seek God in everything. We rely more on ourselves, on our strengths. We don't focus on God, we don't listen to his words, we don't rely on the scripture. Are you in that situation? Are you passing through difficulties that you are so hopeless that you want to end it all? This morning, the grace of, the grace of God is abound. There is nothing God cannot do.
There is no place that he cannot enter. There is nothing he cannot see. There is a saying that what God cannot do does not exist. And I believe that there is nothing God cannot do. Commit that situation into his hand. Cast all your burdens, all your cares onto him. He cares and he will take it upon you. He's been keeping us sound and safe, preserving our lives according to his faithfulness. God is so faithful. He can never promise you and fail. Therefore, we should neither be discouraged nor harden our hearts. As such, today's passage can be considered in two ways. One, it is a warning. It is an admonition. The people of Israel failed because they hardened their hearts and did not receive the word of God with faith. Go back to, go with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. The gospel can be preached to us. The truth can be preached to us or to us. But it's up to us to understand it and to grasp it with faith. If we don't receive the truth with faith, it will have no power. It will have no power over us. It will not change the situation. We harden our hearts when we receive the word of God without faith. And to harden our hearts is to commit an act of wickedness in spite of the knowledge of the truth one has received. And the greatest evil in the world today is unbelief, which is failure to believe God. Unbelief locks us out of God's blessing and is forever. Today, respond to Christ before your heart grows cold and you wind up forever departing from the living God. Hardening one heart is a deliberate disobedience to God. Go with me to Psalms. Psalms chapter, five, chapter 95, 
7 to 11. Psalm 95, verse 7 to 11. He said, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you heard his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion, as in the days of trials in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, they tried me till they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my words, they shall not enter my rest. This refers to the Israelite experience in the wilderness for 40 years. For 7 to 11 of our text are a quote from Psalm 95, 7, 11. That is the Hebrew, which is our text today. It is a quote from this 95, Psalm 95, 7 to 11. An illustration from Psalm, where David is speaking about Moses. According to one commentator, God was working miracle in Israel, miracle after miracle. But when they get to the wilderness, they harden their heart and refuse to believe God. And that is unbelief in face of overwhelming evidence. And this is the picture of what David said in Psalm 95 as he warns people of his days. Today, there are people that have been exposed to the gospel constantly. They have been witnessed to, preached to, prayed for, talked to, and have seen God at work in many ways around them. Yet they still harden their hearts, just like the Israelites in the wilderness after they left Egypt. What does today mean? It means urgency in this context. It means in the days of grace. It means now. It means why there is still opportunity. Hardening your heart is a matter of personal action. It's a matter of personal choice personal will or personal decision, if you choose to harden your heart, is your personal decision. But this morning, we are called not to harden our hearts, to believe and to place our faith in him. Go with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 17. Exodus 17. 
I'll read from 1 to 7. Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their, on their journey from the wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped in Raphidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it? You have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with dust. So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the contention of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord amongst us or not? Here, Moses was saying, You've already seen God at work. You already, he has already proven himself. Why are you tempting him now? This pattern was repeated over and over. God knows you are real. We've seen what you can do. But before we fully commit ourselves, you could just show us one more time something that proves you are real. That's how, that has been their mindset. And it's still our mindset today. In spite of all the things that God is doing in our lives individually, in our families, in our communities, things around us, everything, yet we still doubt whether he's there, whether God is real, whether he's able. If we have if we have had no clue, or if we have not seen anything that he has done, if we are not witness or recipients of these miracles and blessings, it could make sense to ask that question. But in spite of all this, in the middle of all this, in the middle of all these blessings, yet we entertain doubts. That is pure unbelief. And the Bible says it's a sin. The Israelites established a pattern of testing God and still they never believe. 
brethren, we don't need any more evidence. We only need to commit ourselves to him. We only need to be willing to accept him, his words. That's the only thing we need. No more evidence whether God is there or not. No more miracles to show us. We only need to believe. We only need to accept the gospel the way it is. You are just unwilling to commit yourself to Christ because you love your sin or the world or your own selfish desire. That's the only reason. It's not because there is shortcomings on the side of God. It's just because we love ourselves. It's just because we lost for the things of the world. Those are the two things. But one day, God is going to say, you have had enough evidence, enough time, enough proof, enough teaching, enough examples, enough opportunity. And that will be so very, very disastrous. Let us learn to, learn to trust and believe God in everything we do. Always approach life with optimism and walk by faith, not by sight. Without faith, you cannot please God. Hebrews chapter 11, 6. Without faith. Matthew chapter 7, 21. We don't need to go there. Not everyone who said to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonderful things in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So many people will be right at the doorstep of Jesus, but never take that step. Some preachers, some men of God, some pastors, many will be like signboard directing others to heaven, but they themselves will not make it. My brothers and my sister, we don't need more proofs. We don't need more examples. We don't need more evidence from God. Jesus has already proved himself. He is greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than the law of the old covenants. 
to not continue to ignore him. One day, your heart will be hard and tomorrow will be here and it will be too late. Father Lord, I thank you. Thank you for how you've led us. Thank you for your word that have gone forth. Father, may it really make impact in our heart, in our lives. Our Lord and our God draws closer today. We don't need more proofs. Lead us to go and follow. Blessed be your name. Thank you for everyone here. Thank you for our families. Father, we appreciate you. We love you. Blessed be your name. Guide us. And continue to lead us. Every step we take, pattern it, Lord, according to your will. And blessed be your name. Amen. Amen.